God damn it. <laughs> it's, it started and then it stopped. We and had, I was like, hold well, the excitement. I, we stopped it because Alec had to adjust his uh, his setting. So I, I thought we were I thought we were recording and I was like, this is already great content. Yeah. Uh, the first and, thing all I wanted to start with, I wanted to go, Alec is back. And that means nothing to anybody else. And that's totally fine. But that's how I wanted it to go. So other people can just be like, what is happening? I'm like, oh, you don't know. You don't know how great and magical this this moment is. We were talking for like five minutes and I was going to like, I was going to like drop the hammer on Alec and be like, just so you know, like if you don't know the format of this, uh, we started five minutes ago. Bam, we're here. And then like I looked at the timer and it wasn't going. I was like, no, we're not recording. Uh, all right. I'll lay, I'll lay a little bit of the foundation for, for everybody. Um, so everybody, listeners, we have a guest on the podcast today. This is uh, Alec Smith. Alec has been... Uh, we occasionally talk about an agency that Cody and I used to work together at. Alec also worked at the agency with us. And we all eventually left and did our own separate thing. Um, I say and because I don't want to say two because we didn't leave to do that separate thing. At least Cody didn't. No. Or uh, I guess neither did I. Yeah. I didn't either. Right. Yeah. There's all going to happen. Just happens. <laughs> so yep. um, I actually, like, I actually wanted to bring you on the podcast relatively early, like within the first 10 episodes, because Cody and I are learning a lot of things about different people who are in the agency space. And it started, it actually started with us hiring our first employee and us thinking that anybody who wants, everybody wants to work remote because remote is the shit. Like, you know, why would you want to go into the office? But then we quickly realized that hmm. that's actually not the case. And there's people who hate remote work and they have to be in an office environment or they have to be working with people. Right. And then it got uh, me or us thinking that, I, I guess before we even hired her, we were like, who do we, who do we want to hire? Like um, what kind of person do we want to hire? And the obvious answer was, was, uh, you know, as a bootstrapped agency, well, we want to hire somebody entrepreneurial. But if we hire somebody entrepreneurial, then what's stopping them from just leaving and starting their own thing? And what, sure. it, came, what it came down to is like when, when we were talking, um, I think I, I had like work to forward to you, I think at one point on like LinkedIn or Facebook. And I was like, hey, there's this opportunity. And then I knew you did your own thing, like your own freelance thing. And then you came back to me and said, hey, I actually stopped doing that and now work for one of my clients um, like full time. Mm -hmm. Right. And uh, to the reason why I wanted to have you on was like you bring a perspective to the agency niche, which is I did that thing. And then I decided that thing wasn't for me. Right. And I wanted to get your story on that. But well, we didn't. Um, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's an assumption, too. We don't know that. Right. He just because he did it doesn't necessarily mean that that's what he decided, that it was good or necessary. So that's what we have to ask and get. Before I make a lot of on. assumptions. <laughs> <laughs> and hence why we're even having you on this podcast is because we sure. started with yeah. assumptions. Okay. Fair but uh, before I like everybody's story and I want to get the whole backstory here before we mm -hmm. even get there. So in my mind, very, I, you remember Dave, you know, Dave. Yeah. I'm like, Dave, about Dave. I, I have no recognition of the passing of time and that when, <laughs> when something ends or, you know, people are like, Hey, I might see you. I might not. I'm like, yeah, I'll see you. I don't know. It might be 10 years, but I'll see you. It's fine. I'm not. And then when I do, it's going to be like, no time has passed and I'm not worried about it at all. But I know that time right. has passed and you have a life that you're living and you've done things. And in my brain, what I remember, and this is legit 
like you guys were saying, 10 years ago at this point, almost now. Almost. Uh, I think close it was to that. Yeah. Yep. Alec was going on an adventure and he was going west as the pioneers do. I'm making that up. Um, Looking for gold. Yes, exactly. And yeah. he'll so tell us you, he found it. <laughs> you went west to Colorado. And that's what I know really about your life story. So tell us what happened between that moment and right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I had left, um, you know, the agency, we're all working there together and went to Denver, um, originally because being in any city offered more opportunity than being in, you know, in Cedar Falls, <laughs> it, it was essentially like a large town more or less, you know, yes. um, it, Cedar Falls for, to its credit was the biggest place I had lived at the time. Um, Likewise. so, you know, so there's that, but, and it's nice, uh, but it was yeah. nice. Yeah. It was very nice. There just wasn't a lot going on for what I was trying to do at the time, which was uh, singer songwriter work, you know, performing artist stuff. And so I made a move to Denver. Um, and the obvious thing to do work-wise to bring in, you know, in income, it was to jump back into PPC stuff because that's where, you know, the first year and a half or so of experience was out of college. So that worked fine. And I found a small agency there, a team of like four or five people and um, was doing PPC stuff full time there again and learned a ton. That was such a that was such a great experience. I was there, I think, three and a half or four years and learned a ton. We, you know, expanded in the time that I was there, brought on a few more people. Um, it was pretty cool because we had like a high volume of accounts that we were working with, which was nice. Um, so we got hands-on with a lot of stuff. Um, but eventually uh, it made sense as I, as I was still kind of pursuing the music stuff to, um, you know, kind of move up, move up another tier in terms of the location of where I am. And I wound up moving to Nashville and Ooh. yeah. Big, and is, so is Nashville an upgrade from Denver? Music. Like music uh, world, oh, right? Musically. Yeah. 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 Music okay. industry wise. It's kind of like, I don't want to say the place to be because there's also New York and LA, of course, but, um, but yeah, you know, one of those, it's one of those three kind of top tier places industry wise on the music side. And, um, unsurprisingly also the most affordable, you know, compared to to New York and LA, it's hard to, (laughs) yeah, it's brutal. (laughs) It's hard to not be the most affordable. Um, but I moved there just before the end of 2019, Um, I got there, went heads down, trying to set up kind of like my own freelance, uh, marketing stuff to, again, you know, set myself up with income. And I just said, I was going to try to do my own thing just to be flexible and have the flexibility to do whatever came my way music wise. And so having my own clients felt like the way to do that. And, and yeah, I mean, so I worked with, uh, one friend of mine, um, connected me to another friend of his. So it was just like a friend of a friend opportunity um, for a guy living out in the Bay Area and who had been working for, you know, a couple decades with bigger names in like the tech space, you know, being where he was. Uh, and so I wound up working a few accounts for him, um, you know, just as a contractor and, but they were ongoing, you know, ongoing PPC engagements. And and they were good ones, you know, they were, they were kind of like larger tech accounts, like I had like fortune 500 names 
on you know nice. on my on my client list for the first time, which was really cool. What were your budgets? I mean, like, what were how much money were you in charge of? Uh, they were small. They were small budgets for. I mean, on grading on the curve, obviously of <laughs> this of this is a multi billion dollar company, but the budgets I was working with were like ten to fifteen thousand a month because it was like these like side like partner programs. So like these like these guys who make the you know tech solutions team up with these like systems integrators to like implement their IT stuff and whatnot. And so they have like dedicated little partner funding for all of these. So it wasn't like I took over the corporate account for, <laughs> you know, Microsoft or something. It was just like, uh, you know, side projects. But when you compare that to everything else I was working on at the time, which was like small businesses, mostly in Nashville, which were spending like a thousand bucks a month kind of thing. Um, those were the big, the big fish for me at the time, you know? And, and so I set up an LLC, all that stuff in Nashville, which I cannot recommend <laughs> it, having an LLC here. Like ten, the state of Tennessee was so hard to work with. What's their um, beef? What's going on with Tennessee man, specifically? You know, I don't know. Um, I had started an LLC in Colorado as well for music stuff. And it was just so easy to set up. It was also easy when I left to close up the LLC, like to oh. dissolve it. And then I got to, Tennessee. And first of all, Tennessee's the one of the most expensive places to set up an LLC. Like I think in Colorado, it was like 50 bucks to set it up and then like 10 years or $10 a year to renew it every year. And then Tennessee was 300 to set it up and 300 every year just to keep it going. And so it's just like the more expensive in the first place. And also their like their, their government websites and stuff are all just like super outdated. So the system's really hard to get through and there's like a bunch of different like tax things that i just never really wrap my head around and gotcha i can't yeah. even tell you what we paid what we pay for ours cody uh, handles all that yeah sure. but we don't even fully do it ourselves we just go hey lawyer guy do the, <laughs> do the, do the lawyer thing so yeah that's the easiest thing to do if i were doing it again i would probably i would probably be doing that as well um but, uh, so, you know, I went head, heads down for a couple months, like trying to start lining up work, had a couple like those tech type accounts that I was mentioning before, some small businesses felt like I was all good and settled with that. And it's like, I'm going to go out and shake hands with people in the music industry. That's why I moved here. And that was March of 2020. And so that so, didn't happen. <laughs> or, the Lord had other plans. Yeah, it did happen. But for like two weeks. <laughs> I went I went out to networking events for like two weeks and then that was that, you know. Uh, but when I moved to Nashville, I lived with a couple of friends. And so it was a really ultimately a pretty good living situation, pandemic wise, considering you're stuck at home, you know. And those friends, though, wanted to move to North Carolina um, because they had some family there and they liked it out there. And so when my options later in 2020 were to move to North Carolina with them or find a stranger to like be roommates with in Nashville in the middle of a pandemic. Cause I know I basically didn't know anybody here. I was like, all right, I guess I'm moving to North Carolina. So <laughs> went out there for a year with them and was still doing the LLC thing. But technically I was like a foreign LLC or mm -hmm. whatever they call it. It's the registered in Nashville. Right. Right. Cause you're in a different state or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so that was also like just added a layer of like confusion in my brain about what's going on and how to make it work. And, and all of that. And, um, yeah. And eventually I just got tired of that. Like I got tired of like doing the things that weren't the thing that I do. 
Yeah. Being you know. a, being a business owner and not a PPC expert. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I, you know, I just like, it was more, it was more overwhelming to my brain to manage the LLC side of things than it felt like it was worth to me. And that friend of a friend who was the first client I had as a contractor who was giving me the the bigger work than my small business clients, uh, things had picked up with him a bit. I had a handful of accounts with him, which was enough to like financially sustain me at the time, you know, um, mm-hmm. with, with the idea in mind that if I worked with him full time, we could ramp that up, you know, a bit. And so I came on with his agency full-time and that's where i've been now for two and a half uh three years it's probably been three years now um full-time with him since spring of 2021 so about a year with him contracting in two years full-time did you did you approach him to go full-time or did he did he ask you uh he offered it like six months prior to that he was you know in passing in a conversation he said you know if it ever makes sense and we want to we could like have you be you know w2 instead of contracting and whatnot. And, mm-hmm. and at the time I was like, no, I want my flexibility. I want a contract. <laughs> and I shot him down. And then like six months later, I was like, God, I'm so tired of this LLC. And so I went back to him. I was like, Hey, is that <laughs> offer still on the table? And he's like, yeah, we can get you set up and you can start as a W2 uh, employee next month. And I was like, great. So I gave 30 day notice to all of my clients and switched wow. on over. Yeah. Okay, I got so many questions. I got all right. I just wanna and they're very pointed, honestly. Like I just want to be able to ask you very you know, you know me. Um sure. I don't even know where to start. Um what's your favorite color? <laughs> okay, okay. The first the very first one that pops in my mind know. it's just because of what Jake was saying based on assumptions. Are you happy? Are you happy right now? And I give me mm-hmm. I know it's a very difficult thing to answer to ask. Maybe like on a on a one to ten, and I mean maybe interpersonally just personal life and then just professionally how do you feel with this current arrangement that you have set up now we will be sending this to your boss <laughs> totally <laughs> uh man i mean there's always things where you're just like you know some aspects of life are less than ideal at any given time but i'd probably say eight or nine like things that's are good. real good that's real good yeah. yeah um i'm very happy with the work situation i'm very happy with my life in Nashville, um, you know, Nashville is an interesting place because it's growing fast and continues to grow fast. And Tennessee continues to not dedicate the infrastructure to accommodate the growth. Um, so roads are getting more crowded. Uh, we have no, nothing re- resembling good public transit here. Um, there's like an unreliable and very limited set of bus routes. And that's it. That's, pub- that's public transit here. There's no light rail. There's no... Laura and I were playing yeah. around with the idea of moving to Texas. We were just there in April, and we're like, God, the roads are wide. There's just so much, there's oh, so right? much room. Oh, my gosh, dude. Nice. Texas. Like, just, Texas especially, like, popping. yeah, especially around the cities, like, transportation, like, around Austin and Houston, like, transportation is, is fantastic. And then, like, every road can fill, like, three double-decker buses on it. Nice. What okay, cities were you looking at? Oh, man. Uh, it's like very like very preliminary but like we went to austin for uh for a paintball tournament and um oh, we sweet. stayed we stayed in uh pflugerville which is right next to round rock which is uh, close to austin um and so we were we spent a lot of the time in austin like going downtown and like shopping and, and everything um but even like the suburbs around it 
was uh was really awesome and we even drove by the uh what the gigafactory the tesla one um mm. but yeah but we went to we took a, like an hour and a half trip down to uh san antonio to uh, as we say go remember the alamo um so mm. we did that but like san antonio wasn't hitting for me but the austin area was was definitely was definitely hitting that's cool i've been meaning to see austin never been down there I was, was physically great. holding my mouth shut because I just got to keep going. So are you are you <laughs> still pursuing music? Is that like your like your passion? Oh, good question. Um, so during the pandemic, when I was in North Carolina specifically, it was probably the first time in about a decade that I gave myself permission to like stop hustling, as it were, on the music side. Um because I just I felt like I was feeling a lot of resistance to it and kind of just realizing that it like being in that space it requires a lot of like putting your face in front of the camera right it's a social media world like you can't be a performing artist and just hide in the background all the time you know mm-hmm. and and I kind of just stopped doing that for a little bit stopped putting myself on camera stopped posting stopped you know emailing all of the things for a little while and realized that it was like a breath of fresh air and that I liked that a lot. And I was just like, you know what I don't want to do? I don't want to start posting on social media again. I don't want my face on the camera again. I don't want to be creating content again. And so I just, I just said, okay, well, for the time being, I'm going to stop doing that. And if the time comes to start doing that again, it will be, it will be clear. And that has not been the case. And it's been a couple of years now. And so I am just kind of allowing that direction to be what it is. You know, for like 10 years, I was pretty dead set on, you know, that's going to be the future. Eventually, I'm going to be paying my bills solely off of my music work kind of thing. And then I realized how much happier I was going about life, not trying to pigeonhole it into that anymore. I, I feel I feel like a lot of our audience can relate to this. Not maybe not necessarily towards the the music aspect of this, but more towards like the um you know the owning your own business uh, aspect to it. Which is um you know I really envision seeing myself in the future paying my bills with an agency that I own, but doing the things to get there, like you know managing the LLC and also doing your own marketing, like posting on social media and finding new clients and things like that. Um, that is, that's not fun. I don't like, it doesn't really matter who you are, like doing the things that you think, um, that isn't really like what you started to do is not fun, but I think people will talk themselves into doing it for longer than you did because they keep that like metaphorical Twinkie dangling in front of their face. Mm-hmm. Um, or I guess, I guess the actual metaphor is, a um, carrot, because they see themselves this in the future. America. It's a twinkly. It's a twinkly. That's San Francisco, homie. <laughs> uh, no, uh, yeah, but they see that there's metaphorical uh, carrot or Twinkie or whatever. And in front of them, and they're like, no, no, no. Like, I don't care that I don't like this. I'm going to still keep pushing this because I want to do this. But you sat there and said, yeah, but I don't like doing the things it requires to get there. So I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody said at one point, like on a podcast I was listening to or something, uh, like a songwriter's podcast of like, they're interviewing like the hit, the hit writers, you know? Um, and they said something to the effect of, 
if you can picture yourself doing anything else for a living other than music at all, don't do music because you have to want that so bad that mm. you that you want to put in the time to you know you have to love the process yeah you, you know period that's that's it and if you don't it's like you know you can say that you are the thing that you set you set out to be you know you can say you you have the ability then to say i am a recording artist that's my life and like that's the thing you set out to do so to be able to say that you're doing it is a nice thing in the first place but like if you then hate all of the behind the scenes like why yeah, if you, you know. if you're not comfortable with telling your future girlfriend that you're a SoundCloud rapper, then maybe you shouldn't <laughs> pursue this. <laughs> Wait, okay, so you, I like what you said. You gave yourself permission, right? And I think that's yeah, that's the truth, and that's the way that it goes. And uh, when you're stuck in the grind set of, you know, this is what I have to do to get to where I want to be, and so what I want to know then is. Okay, you gave yourself permission to mm-hmm. not. What are you doing now? Right. Because you you've got got your job, and then you have the time to. You're now allowing yourself to just be and not be obligated and not feel a constant pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, how are you spending that time instead now? Just come on a podcast. No one listens to. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I hear people are listening. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are. They Write that are. down. Write that down, Jake. Much, much, much to our <laughs> surprise. People are listening. <laughs> People are talking, man. Um, uh, yeah, so I am not spending time really on music stuff. I mean, some, I'll still sit down in my house and play some, you know, but um, but definitely a lot less than I was before. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm full-time um, back in the PPC space now. And... Uh, I live with my girlfriend here, which is great. Um, How long you been together? She's, she's fantastic. Uh, mm, year and a half ish. Nice. So you met her in uh, Nashville, then? I did. Yeah. Um, nice. Pretty sure Alex's yeah. girlfriend. You're gonna have her listen to this, right? It's gonna boost, <laughs> boost her number count from four to five. Thank you. Perfect. Alec, I think I think she'll find you more attractive because that voice that's coming through is just so podcast worthy. It's extremely masculine. <laughs> like. Very man. Excellent. <laughs> he, goes, he goes, finally something about me. <laughs> no, uh, no, I when before we started this this episode, um, Alec joined and we had we had no idea like what the situation was gonna be. Um usually when you have guests come on, they're like in a conference room with a, a terrible mic. Alec comes on and he's got a better podcast setup than both myself and Cody. Um, he looks like a tech billionaire <laughs> right now. Yeah. And I'm in a closet. Yeah. In an empty office. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it won't be empty for long. Um, it looks intentionally guys, empty, though. That's the thing, right? That's the tech billionaire vibe is like, yeah, oh, no, it's it's purposeful. So, oh, looks, yeah. No, this is just we haven't decorated a space. <laughs> it looks like a, it looks like a Google Meet background. Mm-hmm. Oh, funny. Yeah. Is, yeah. is the plant real? Is it alive or is it fake? It is fake. And it was. Oh, okay here when we moved into this temporary space ah, okay, okay. i'm not a i'm not crafty enough to go buy a fl- fake plant and i have to rely on lauren to do all of that like if it was up to me and we lived in this house this room would be also empty she yeah. de- she designed this entire room before uh, I, before i moved in with marissa uh my girlfriend i was just i was in an apartment just living by myself you know and 
there's nothing hung on the walls. It's just like it's- white walls everywhere and little to no decoration. And when I when I moved in there, I, I had had roommates, tons of roommates. I was like mm-hmm. the last roommate to join the house. <laughs> I still had for like, in there for like a decade. And so every time I moved in, moved anywhere, it was just like I picked up my bedroom, basically everything in my bedroom, and I put it in a new house. This is like and you're like, describing Cody. That's how he lives. It's great, dude. Is this a is this a PPC thing? Are, are all you guys the that, same? Yeah, I was going to say, are you about to say that you changed that? Because I see nothing wrong with it. Right. Everybody knows. I, I say on the podcast every every time we record, like everybody knows I don't do that and the money goes to Vanguard. Right. And that's not that's not mm. a joke. I'm not joking. Like that the yeah, money yeah. that I would spend doing those things, two point five in Vanguard, guys. I'm just gonna keep saying it. And I'll shut up now. But Alec, continue. <laughs> yeah. Um I uh well I did change it because I'm I no longer had roommates and when I no longer had roommates I found that I had nothing to flush out a living room or a, a, a kitchen or any yeah. of the things that belong outside of your bedroom. You know? Mm-hmm. So so I did a lot of furniture shopping and then about a year later I got rid of all that furniture and moved into Marissa's house, which she owns and already had furniture. Oh, that's the <laughs> so, deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um what a flex. So, shout out girl get it jeez yeah that's she's she's great yeah and the the um property in nashville is just oh yeah i imagine i'm in i'm in minneapolis so uh Mm. just outside of it and the property here is is wild like um oh it's not public knowledge but we paid uh like three and a half or three hundred fifty thousand for our house but in the the Mm. same the same price uh the same house in cedar falls is like 280 like just astronomically cheaper yeah 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 my dad lives in uh like suburb right outside of des moines and his uh he's got probably a comparable size place to the one that i live in now but his was about half the price yeah yeah uh my dad also lives in a suburb of des moines oh nice yeah my dad's in uh urbandale Oh, okay. Yeah, I used to go there quite a bit. I used to go to school in um, uh, was it Clive? Yeah, Clive. Mm-hmm. Okay, my middle school. I know the name Clive. I couldn't tell you where it is in the Des Moines area. <laughs> I can't tell you. It's just a big cluster to me. I don't know where anything is at. I'm just like, well, it's there somewhere. Yeah. Anytime I go anywhere with my dad in Des Moines, he's just like, "How do you not know your way around Des Moines yet? You grew up like an hour from here." And it's just like, why? I ne- I'm never here. You know what's crazy? D- the Des Moines Metro is bigger than Salt Lake City, Utah. It is, yeah. It's, uh, they're both they're, they're both they're both about half a million, but the but Salt Lake is just smaller. Yeah, you don't you know ne- you never think about that, but then you it's relative <laughs> though, right? Because you have Salt Lake City, Utah, and then in like in like three hundred miles radius, you got nothing. Denny's been fighting. She's been saying that when I'm done with school, we should do Des Moines, and I'm okay with it. I and you're like, no, at Kofu. The, <laughs> at this point, <laughs> at this point, I think in Iowa, the two places that I would be willing to do are like Des Moines and Iowa city. And that's pretty much it. Um, I wouldn't mm. really do anywhere else. So sure. Yeah. Come to Minneapolis. <laughs> Lauren actually wants to move to, she, she doesn't, she doesn't, she's not active on it, but every now and then she goes, I want to, I want to live in Iowa. Mm. Cody's a big proponent of me moving to Iowa. Fair enough. Yeah. Look, I, for me, the Iowa thing is, this is what it always comes back to for me. And, this would be the same even if I did move. So it's not a great thing. But you know when you're on a plane and you're flying 
and you're flying all the places that you fly to and then you get on the final stretch of your flight and it's the flight back to iowa and all of a sudden people aren't assholes anymore like they're actually talking <laughs> to each other and then you could just pick a random person out of the whole group that's on the plane and they're just going to smile at you and be nice i like mm-hmm. that i like that a lot so fair enough yeah not that i talked to them but i like knowing that i could if mm-hmm. i wanted to <laughs> yeah i was like what are you talking to <laughs> <laughs> or or for, I, i'm also the guy who gets the the random you know full life story where just because they're like ah this guy doesn't seem like he minds and i'm like you're not wrong i don't care so you can give me your whole spiel that's fine and just gonna forget about it so <laughs> right you're an emotional punching bag <laughs> cool uh cody what else you got i know you got i know you had uh you had a shotgun loaded of questions i mean the rest of the stuff I feel like I can just extrapolate, but um, for the sake of the listener, mm-hmm. right? So we're you're you're happily at an agency. It's, and I, yeah. I say this a lot. I say this a lot on the podcast. I tell Jake all the time too. I tell people there's so many people out there who are saying, "I want to do my own agency. I want to be my own boss. I want to control this sort of thing." And I tell them mm-hmm. like, "Look, that's very cool, no doubt. They're like." I'm very open. I tell Jake too, and I'm not joking. I say for me, a lot of the time it's 55, 45, and that's not a joke. Like 45% of the time I see the advantages and the benefits of just not being in charge and not running it because it's exhausting and everything does fall back on you and all the responsibility does flow up. And if you're able to, and you are a S tier top team player, then work up your skills, become super valuable, and then go find that team where you get all those benefits that you want without really many of the drawbacks. And the final one ultimately being most likely money, right? Because you don't, you aren't going to have the the big final equity, but if you're just a major team player, you're still going to be very well compensated. So Mm -hmm. I threw all of that at you just to see how you feel, because it sounds like maybe you're, you're a person who feels comfortable with that and knowing that. And like, if, if you did talk to those people, what would you say to them too? Yeah. Wow. Great thoughts. Great question. Um, yeah. I mean, I think the the money thing, like you said, is a big one on why a lot of people start their own thing. Cause then if you grow it, you don't have a static salary, right? If, if you can build a business that thrives beyond everyone's imagination, then you reap the rewards of thriving beyond everyone's imagination. But one thing that, so one thing that I liked about the, um, the agency that I'm working with now, which uh, is called Blue Fusion. And we... Shout out. Yeah, shout out. Shout out, Blue Fusion, guys. Um, the situation that I'm in right now is the same pay structure concept that I had working with these guys as a contractor. So as a contractor, it was, hey, we'll pay you your management fee per client that you work on. You work on two clients, so you're getting twice as much money from us. You know, round numbers. Anyway, um, and so when I came on as an employee, it was the same situation where he said, hey, the math works if X percentage of the management fees from any given account go toward the person managing the account. So we have three accounts, you'll make X amount. If we have six accounts, you'll make double that, you know, whatever the case may be there. And so even though I am, I don't own Blue Fusion, right? It's not my company. It's been around longer than I've been you know, I was a child, (laughs) you know, when they started. And, um, 
but it's a it's an incentivized thing in the same way where it's just like if I do well, if I re- if I retain my clients, if I can help my clients grow, if I can uh, you know aid on the biz dev side in bringing in new work successfully, that I there's financial reward for me, you know. Um, and so that was a you know that's a, a large part I think of what is cool about having your own agency in the first place, and in in effect I have that through another you know through not owning my own agency i still have that which is cool um obviously that's not the only benefit to owning your own setup you know like i I mentioned before it's like i wanted the flexibility when i set out to contract originally um but even again now it's kind of the same thing it's just like because my relationship with work and with my team and my coworkers. so there's there's two of us doing ppc here that work he sits right there um, in the in the empty uh, office with you yeah. not at that table not at that table that you can see if you're seeing the video just here. comes in and stands um, at it wait wait yeah. is, is, wait are there people there now or are you you're just oh i was gonna say like everyone's doing work and you're just like i'm just chatting with the bros yeah yeah no uh we work more or less on pacific time so like it's you know 7 a.m oh gotcha uh, in terms of our team's time uh when we started here um but I mean, for to have a relationship like it's like compensation wise um, as a minimum part of the conversation here, compensation wise to have a relationship that says, OK, you're getting X percentage of the management fees that come in off PPC. You know, um, things can grow. Things can similarly shrink, you know, like you lose clients sometimes. That's part of the gig. And so your income goes back down and all of that. And so the flexibility is there, which is really nice. Um but a lot of the, the stressful part of it for me, the part that was stressful about having my own um, LLC is not is not there anymore. You know, like stuff like uh, potential legal things like having to have my own contracts and my own agreements and filing my own taxes and not having any idea if I'm doing it right. And all that stuff like just stressed me out like way more, like way more than was providing any benefit <laughs> in oh. return, Do you know. So. Do you have to manage the client relationship too, or do you just do like the PPC? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm managing client relationships as well. Oh, okay. So you're kind of like, I mean, you're Cody and I were just talking about this the other day um, about like who are like our next players are and, and like the next mm-hmm. roles that we're, that we're looking to hire for. And, yeah. and you know, when, when the agency that we worked at, the people who manage the relationships didn't do any of the work. And I think that's that's the kind of the classical trope of the standard marketing agency where you have the 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 face to the client but are virtually marketing stupid and they don't know anything. So everything has to be relayed and then you have a lot of like expectations that kind of fall through. Um, and every since I started Evergrow, I conceptualized like the 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 people who are actually doing the campaigns. Mm-hmm. I would just call them strategists but they would also be managing the client relationship but then like cody would talk to me and say like yeah but usually like that's like the dichotomy of that role right you have the people who are like nerds and weird and not good with client relationships and then you have the people who are like good with client relationships but are are not like the nerds i don't know we need to shut out shut out nerds and weird so that's literally us so like we need someone who can do like a like a dragon ball z fusion fusion dance between me and cody and be that center person um and yeah 
and but we've always said too, like since we started, at least for the minion work, um, so we call our employees minions. Minions. Um, and, and uh shout out minions <laughs> shout out minions <laughs> uh it's so it's so funny because we we talk about the quote minions a lot and we get people who listen to the podcast who apply to work for evergrow and literally their email says i want to be a minion and i'm like it's kind of like a little bit of imposter syndrome here but um we uh i don't know where you heard it cody but you i like it a lot which is um the phrase we don't hire marketers we make them mm. uh, yeah that was um mm. jace the guy from a4d ads for dell jason I i'll butcher his last name but um yeah i'm very much in line with with that philosophy and that way of thinking but mm. so if we can cool. just if we can just hire people that aren't weird we'll just <laughs> you know when i left uh um, Iowa moved to Denver and started up with uh, that small agency there. They were looking for someone with two to four years experience. I had about a year, so I didn't really meet the I didn't meet the minimum criteria. You, you only worked at the agency worked right, for a year. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, well, I guess like fifteen months or so. Oh wow! And you Tech- were you were entry level PPC? Correct. I this is blowing my mind. Yeah, I, I, I thought you were smarter than that. <laughs> i i don't know about you guys i look back though and i think about where we were at and i think about it at the time i heard about distilled right and uh, that agency and they were in washington i think and they had i don't know if they had rand fishkin but they had like a lot of just a like s tier players and mm. when i think back about i'll give greg a shout out greg and everybody that was involved there that's what i think of because i think about all of those people and how insanely smart and talented they are and how they a lot of them went on to just do crazy smart things and i never really i never flip it to think if they think the same thing about me but i I don't really care because i just think that they're wicked smart including you so oh likewise that's why i was stoked about this (laughs) yeah no i well that's the thing is like there's like three there's like three main people and when it comes to ppc that i think about and it's cody it's you, Alec, and mm. it's um, why am I blanking? Um, I can say it. Do you want me to say it? Michael Wars. There we go. There it is. Uh, Michael. Maybe maybe Josh. I know he listens to this a couple times, but uh, mm. he's. I think I feel like he's more. Like, I feel like he's more well rounded. Uh, yeah, he's like a master strategist. Yeah. Yep. But I, but yeah, I assume he's just become even more of that since I last <laughs> talked to him, which was you know six or eight years ago. He sent us an email. Uh, uh, regarding the podcast, just said he'd like to see where we were doing and how you know how we were doing, and I was like, "That's cool." Nice. That's cool. yeah. Have you have you had him on? No, you should. We, we should though. That would be good. That yeah, is good. That'd be awesome. Yeah, Dave, I got, too. I, Dave, I got, Dave would be cool. Oh, Dave would be sick. I don't know if he'd do it. I feel like all, thing is, I feel like our audience is like, we want to have Dave on. We hear about him you, so much. Dave, what do you ask Dave? Dave, Dave, Dave. Like you, you ask him one question, and then he'll say something, and he'll be like mind blown i don't know where to go from here that's how it feels when i talk to him anyway uh all right i alec, got one can i give wait, one more hold, question though yeah we cut alec off though mid mid answer we did oops okay yeah, so up. hold my alec, mouth alec, alec, okay hold, hold on to that question because alec you said you moved to denver and they required two to four years of experience but you had only oh had about a year yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. 
It's funny you said you cut me. I, I was cut off mid-answer. I was like, I don't even know what I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> we we have so we go on these tangents all the time, and then like we've had to like develop a second nature of like picking up where we left off. So I like put pins in things when I interrupt. Ah, oh, nice. That's a lovely habit for everyone involved. <laughs> Uh, yes. So they wanted two to four years experience. Um, I had a little over a year and, you know, I went in there and I told them that and they interviewed me and did, a, you know, we did, did a couple things. We looked at one of their accounts. They're like, how would you optimize this? And I was mostly like, I don't know, because I didn't, or at least that's how it feels now. It feels like I didn't know what I was doing comparatively, but. Uh, I feel like now though, even with more experience, you'd say, I don't know. I need more time to look at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, can't be put on the spot. Um, but the uh, the thing that they said was important to them ultimately, because they said they want two to four years experience and whatnot. And I talked with them for a while. We looked at an account. We I went to lunch with them, got to know each other a little bit. They said you'll hear from us. I think it was like a, a Thursday. They said you'll hear from us by the end of next week. We have one or two more interviews to do. I said okay. And then before the weekend, I had a job offer in my inbox, like 24 hours later. But, and I was, I was just like, oh, cool. Awesome. And and I so I talked to him later. I, I wound up becoming pretty good friends with the owner um, just because it was, you know, it's a small team. And and he said, yeah, you didn't have the experience that we wanted. But we said, what's most important to us? Because we have like there were three of them full time. I was the fourth guy. And they said what's most important to us and they they wanted the right um personality in the office with them because they were like we can't have one person with a bad personality when there's four of us and just like ruin the in-office team dynamic because we were working together in person you know and i said oh okay well that's cool and they're like yeah we knew you didn't have the experience we were looking for but we also have the experience on our end mm. and we knew we could train up whatever we needed to. And so it's kind of just like what Cody was just saying a second ago, or it's just like they wanted the right person and they would make the advertiser that they needed out of that person. Write yeah. that down. Write that down. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. There's, well, there's a lot of people um, who listen to this podcast who don't have the experience, but they want to start an agency. They like the agency yeah. aspect of it, but they're trying to figure out, you know, uh, you know what to learn, how to learn. Our advice and Cody's advice early on in this podcast has go work for somebody. Um, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there's like you're a testament to it. Like there's plenty of entry. I was entry level client services. Uh, I'll just say it at Mud, and at um, mm-hmm. and that is the you know the cornerstone of my client relationship management experience to where I'm that side of the business forever grow. And then you know, like you're saying, your entry level was PPC. There is entry level everything out there as long as you're willing to learn. And then mm-hmm. Cody said, like, you, you know, when you got Cody, when you got into um, SEO, you're you had no formal experience in it. And you're like, I don't care, man. I'll sleep here. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll do what it takes to get out of my Walmart job. Yeah, I yeah. man, I I can go off about this just because of how you said it is just so true. I and it feels weird because I do have a little bit of a pot imposter syndrome with it just because I I know that there's so many more people out there who already have so much more experience with like hiring and interviews and that sort of thing Mm -hmm. than me. But I do end up having lots of these conversations with people who are like, I'm interested. I want to get a job. I want to get into this. And I have to just keep going back and being like, do you really? I'm looking at your stuff and it very clearly shows that you do not want this that badly. Like there's a, Mm -hmm. there's a very big difference between just saying, I want this 
And then I look at your resume and there's three errors and I haven't, I'm just glancing. I haven't actually read it. I just saw that just by mm. looking at it. You didn't send a cover letter. You've done no background research on our company. You don't know my name. You got Jake's name wrong. Like all of that stuff. If you actually want a job or if you actually want to get into something, you go deep, right? When I applied, I applied to mud. I like, mm. I Googled as much as I could about the company. And you go in with that. You say, I know that the company was started here. I know that these people started it. I know that this person runs it and they have three kids. Is that creepy slightly? Yes. Should you do it? Absolutely. 100%. Like if you actually want things that bad, okay. What? (laughs) I was, I was laughing. I just, I had to mention it. I was laughing so hard because you're like, you got Jake's name wrong. And Alex is like, how do you, how do you mess that up? (laughs) I was, I was, I didn't didn't know you could see that on my face, but I was. (laughs) So my name on Facebook is Maddie. So like a lot of people will like, They'll reach out to ones. Yeah, yeah. It's my middle name. But like people will reach out to me and ask me like, hey, how do I, you know, I want to apply. So I'm like, yeah, I just send it to this. And I'm like literally the cover letter is addressed to Maddie. I'm like, did you even look at the website? It says <laughs> like, nowhere. It says nowhere on the website. Like I yeah, I don't mind like I Are they friends I get, with you on no, no. social media or anything? No, it's usually they just reach okay. out to me and I've got to look at my like my spam messages on Facebook to see what you know what's going on. But mm. But like it, it, um, it's, it's for me, it's like a, it's a professional setting, you know? So it's like, if you look at the about page and you do research before you submit the resume, you'll see that, um, Maddie Hunley is not on that roster. So, um, it's just, well, yeah, just it was back check. Just ask before you yeah. actually go about, do, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know. Cody's upset. I, Cody's upset because you he's wasted hours through Indeed applications. It's insulting. <laughs> it's really insulting and a waste. Of, you know. You know what I mean? Like it really is, though. I don't know how to say it nicely because there isn't a way to say it nicely. But doing what they do when they do that is also not nice. They don't see it that way because they don't know. Nobody taught them better. I don't know about their parents. I don't know what went wrong in their life. But if you're there's a right way to do it, and if nothing else. Be very clear and honest and truthful about all of that, right? I I remember I, I didn't literally say I'll sleep here, but I, I basically said I'll do anything, right? I I'm a college graduate. I'm scared. I want to be set up, and I want to do this right. And I know that this is the kind of thing I want to get into. Whatever I have to do to get that set up, and I just I don't see anything close to that. I mean. I feel like we need to have an episode just on this so people understand well, what the purpose of like a resume and a cover letter is because <laughs> you get two chances too, right? You get, that's just a screening tool. Then you get to an interview and then mm-hmm. that's your chance to say how you actually feel and what, you know, and don't lie. There's no benefit to lying. The, mm-hmm. All that's going to happen if you lie is that you're going to later on get found out <laughs> that you weren't honest and truthful and you're going to dig yourself further into a hole. But just be honest and truthful that you you do want this. You're very serious about it. You understand your shortcomings, blah, blah, blah. Anyway. But this, <laughs> what a tangent. Uh, this, well, but this does bring up a point that I do want to ask Alec. And what if, if you applied to MUD to, to be a PPC specialist, what about PPC interested you? And, and, or, or the digital marketing space in general? Because where did you come from before that? Where did you come from? Yeah, <laughs> go back there. <laughs> Why are you here? Um, yeah, so I was um, 
in like the a, technically a communications degree by oh, the end so of Cody, time. you're all the same <laughs> <laughs> you, all you ppc nerds are the same um, people <laughs> so by the end of um yeah i was a music major strictly for most of my time in college and then i switched over to like a digital communications hybrid type of thing um was this at you and i or yeah, yeah. Uh, okay what did they call it they called it um uh, i can't remember now I don't. Yeah, I don't even know what my degree is called. But they, honestly. they, they uh, <laughs> made it a special new thing, right? Yeah, I I was like in the second year of oh, I think it was like interactive digital communication, yeah, something or other, yeah, and like you go. could choose two focuses, and one of mine was music stuff, and then I had set up as marketing as the second one, with the idea that in pursuing my work in the music space, I would benefit from having marketing skills. Did you? So that's that's why I set out for that. I mean, arguably, yes, but. Now that's all I'm doing. So I think Cody was yeah. he's you, Cody was communications too, but huh. you're probably just general, right? Yeah, I was a general comm major. Yep. Yeah, but the most of the marketing classes, uh, this was you know 2013 to 2015, had nothing to do with the current online space. You know, I think we had like maybe a couple of weeks, like one or maybe one or two months in one specific class where we touched Google Ads or adwords at the mm-hmm. at the time as it were um and or fa- you know any ads or boosted posts or whatever on facebook and stuff like that meta ads as are no 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 right 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 yeah um and and i you know i knew about mud at the time because i think they had like come and someone from mud had come and done a presentation in our class or whatever and so i knew there weren't very many agencies in town and i actually was looking for internships my last year in at, at you and I and found nothing after a hunt for a while and wound up going to uh, Fairway, which I'd worked at Fairway in like high school. And that's a grocery store. Shout yeah, out that's, a, that's a grocery store for those of you not from Iowa. Um, and, you know, making 10 bucks an hour at the grocery store or whatever. And then I, I, I got there. I was three weeks into my work at the grocery store and an internship at Mud opened up. And I was like, oh, sweet. And I went and applied and they had me in for an interview real, really fast. And then they offered the gig and they were like, we can't pay you. I know. They did the same thing to me. And, and I was just like, they were, they were like, we want you on board. Unfortunately, it's an unpaid internship, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, well, I just took a grocery store job because I need the money and I can't not have money right now. Like, I, I, I don't want to be working at the grocery store, but I also need that. I need $10 an hour right now, you know? And, and so they like walked out of the room, whatever, discussed things, came back in. They're like, okay, we can offer you 10 bucks an hour. What? And I was just, I was like, there it is. And I went, I went straight into the grocery store and told them, gave them a two weeks notice. I'd only been there for three weeks and then I gave them a two week. Bro, my mind is blown because Alex like Smith, I was master negotiator. I, <laughs> I left my full time job for an unpaid internship at MUD. Oh no! So, <laughs> so okay. I, I was I was working in a warehouse, and I was like, um, I, this this internship opened up, and I had shadowed um, uh, someone at Mud like a year mm-hmm. prior, uh, like just out of high school, I think. And I was like, this is a really cool environment. I really like it's a mm-hmm. white collar job. My whole fam- my family's in blue collar their entire life, and I'm like, I'd be like the first white collar person in the history of my family. So. I I shadowed there and then like I was in college and I like in, 
some internship, I don't know how the internship came across uh, yeah, my metaphorical desk, but um, I decided to apply. I reached out to Wendy HR there. And I was like, hey, uh, I want to apply for this. So I did. And then they're like, um, yeah, so you got it. I'm like, sweet. And they're like, but it's unpaid. I'm like, why did you wait until the end of the interview to yeah. tell me that? Dang. And then um, so I went back to my boss. So I just I worked like at normal like 730 to like 430 job. And uh, I was like, hey, there's this, there's this internship. And I was in college, just taking night classes. And mm-hmm. I was like, hey, there's this internship that I really want to take. It's at Mud Advertising. This is kind of like in line with what I want to do. I, so I had it set up to where I only had to work like, like, like I think it was eight hours a week. And I would just like go in at like 3 p.m. two days a week or something like that. And it would be like four hours, you know, each day. And I was like, yeah, so I just got to like cut out early for like a semester. And then they're like no like we need you here for 40 straight hours i'm like oh, like i can't even like come in early and like make it they're like no and so no. i was just like um well i think this will be better for my future so um i did that and they kept me on for like literally the duration of the semester to try and replace me and then so like i was like well I was like, you keep me on, but you're going to, you know, we've got to go with my hours now because I've got this internship. So they did. They kept me off for the duration of that semester. And then when it ended, I just got a job at like Target, like a seasonal one in uh, in uh, in December for Christmas um, for the actual income. But when you were like, no, no, I need 10 bucks an hour. I was like, I feel like. <laughs> the worst negotiator in the world because i well to, to be clear i did not give them a price point but i was just like man i was looking for an in- i told them i was like i was looking for an internship for quite a while there weren't any open at the small handful of agencies in the area here and so i had to go get a job at the grocery store because i needed the money and taking this internship would mean i can't work at the grocery store anymore so i can only take this internship if it's paid like I, I have to have, I have to like, and, and they were like, we want you to, we want you for this internship. And I was like, well, let's, you know, essentially it was like, if you, if you truly do want me for the internship, you're going to have to pay me. Like, wow. and, and it, it wasn't like a, an arrogance thing at all. Cause like, to be honest, I was, I was BSing everything in the, in the interview, you know, <laughs> like I hadn't, like, I knew some buzzwords and I think that's might be what got me the job, you know, like you some PPC buzzwords. Uh, yeah or just i don't know i don't know what words i was using but i i had no experience so anything that i was coming up with to say was well, yeah but you're partly just being humble generic. because I've, I've been holding some of this into because i feel like there are people who are listening especially who have the confidence that's a nice word we'll say the confidence to start their own agency mm-hmm. but sure. not the skills or the oh, well i'll leave it at skills to back up everything else, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's that's the flip side of negotiating too, is when you are S-tier and you know that you're S-tier and you also already have the experience of the reality of the opposite and what your life will be like if, right? Because a lot of people go in negotiating, they think that that's all that they come into a negotiation thinking, this is what I want and I'm not willing to do anything else. And so mm-hmm. I'm going to go for it. And what they fail to consider is what if the other person thinks the exact same way, right? I think about this with equity often, right? Mm. Equity is blood, sweat, and tears. And if you want equity in a company and you're going to go in and and fight for that, you also have to be prepared for the reality of the owners saying no, (laughs) right? No, 
go deal with it. What are you going to do? What are you going to do instead? Right. And you have to be very honest with yourself and you have to know what you're worth truly and mm-hmm. know the reality of the inverse of what you're going to be dealing with if you don't get things your way. And if you're, if you're comfortable with doing that, if you're willing to do that, and if not, then what are you actually okay negotiating for or compromising for? But that was kind mm-hmm. of an offshoot and I was trying to hold it in. But so, sure. Yeah. So Allie, was it just like a general marketing uh, internship or was there something specific about the internship that you liked? At Mud? Yeah. Um, I mean, it was with the PPC team specifically. Um, you was, know, it, was it was it the fact that it was PPC or was it just like, ah, oh, there's an internship open. I'm going to take it. Yeah, honestly, if there was an internship in SEO and that led to me being on the SEO team, I'd probably be sitting here eight years into a career as an SEO specialist at this point. Oh, that's wild. I mean, so, honestly, yeah. like I, the, the fact that I continued on, like when I moved to Denver and continued doing PPC specifically was just because that was the lowest hanging fruit. Cause I already had some experience with that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then it just like became a solidified little avenue that I went down, you know? Um, and it could have just as well been, been anything. I feel like, like the, you know, in the same ways that PPC interests me, SEO could have, or becoming a, you know, any other vein of the digital marketing world could have yeah. just as well been something similar. You know, it's not like I love the Google ads platform or the Microsoft <laughs> ads or the LinkedIn ads or the, you know, <laughs> any of it, you know, it's not like I'm, that's the part that I like. So I wake up and chug my Google Kool-Aid and I'm like, all right, can't wait. I'm if, so anything, if anything, I'm just like, oh man, Google, Google pisses me off so much. Oh yeah. I know we're in the same boat. Um, <laughs> Cody more so, but, um, I, I, uh, if we asked this question to one of our previous guests, Kevin, um, if you could, if you could like wake up and do it all over again, like your entire life, your entire career, your entire schooling, everything, um, would you do, would you go into marketing or would you do something else? Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um, Man, I don't know. Um, you, because you, you didn't seek out marketing. Marketing found you, and you just, you know, went with it. Yeah, you know what's interesting to me is I have worked with some guys along the way in the PPC space or in marketing space in general who are who think about things way differently than I do. Like I, I'm often find myself looking at numbers and knowing what levers and buttons there are in any space that I'm working in to impact those numbers. And it's a lot less of like big picture creativity ideas as it is just like knowing exactly what tools are at my disposal and which ones give me the best odds for success, you know? And I have worked with over the years, a handful of different people who come at it also though, with like a creativity layer that's built in. And I've always kind of felt like Okay, so taking a sidestep from that so back to over to the music side, I felt like there are there's a difference between talent and skill. Oh yeah. Like talent in my brain in this in this context anyway, being like the people who innately have like an uh an ability, right? Uh, mm-hmm. that just comes much more easily, you know. Like for some people sports is super like a natural thing to do and for some people it's clumsy and clunky and Mm. similarly for like music like there's some people who have a great voice and they could go win the voice or Mm -hmm. you know american idol or whatever and other people can't carry a tune at all you know Mm -hmm. and it's just like a thing that you are born with it's like in your genes you know 
Um, and so on the, in the marketing space, I've kind of compared that similarly. Um, like I've considered myself talented in the music space because like my whole family's musical. So it's kind of just in the genes to do that. And I felt like songwriting has come easy and in a way I can be prolific at that if I'm in that mindset of life. Um, but on the marketing side, I've always kind of considered it a skill that I've developed and not a natural talent that I have. Um, like, cause I, you know, working with other people around me that feel way more creative in that space, it's just like, Oh, that person knows just as well as I do what tools are at their disposal. They know what buttons they can push, what levers they can pull, but they also have these creative marketing conceptual idea things that they can layer on top of that. And that makes their stuff just like super top notch. And like, I don't feel like I lack creativity overall, you know, any more than the next person may not feel like they're creative, but like, I don't know. So when you, when you say like, if I had the chance to do things over again, like would I do PPC or bigger picture, would I be in marketing? I don't know. That's a good question. You know, like I enjoy the work that I do to the point where when I, you know, I feel fortunate to, to say that when I close up my work every day and head home, it's like with like, a oh, but there's more things I want to do in <laughs> it like for the accounts that I'm working on. Cause like, I'm just like, oh, this could be better. This could be better. And like, I would just keep working if left to my own devices. And if I had no one, mm-hmm. no one or nothing else to tend to, you know, and that's not necessarily yeah. healthy. You know, I've leaned toward like workaholic tendencies in the past mm-hmm. and sometimes still in the, in, in the current. And that's not, I was like, Some, that's how you get to where you are, though. Yeah, it's a trademark of either an entrepreneur, like an, a successful entrepreneur, or an a, a, an a player, as Cody says, or an S tier player. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I think um, I, I'm gonna, I'm kind of in the same boat, but like I've always dreamed of being a business owner, an entrepreneur. So I don't know if necessarily I would go into marketing or if I would go into something cooler like engineering, but own my own firm. Um, it's the business side mm-hmm. of things have always intrigued me. Um, the problem is, is now I don't ever see myself hiring an agency to do, to do my marketing. So if I did go that down that route, that's something I would have to do because I wouldn't have the knowledge and skills that I do now. And I would like to say that I would go back into marketing, even though like I probably would want to do engineering. But if I, if I think I, if I had the option to go back and do it all over again, um, knowing while I was, uh, you know, doing it all um, over again, I think I would still go into marketing and, and digital marketing. I would just do it sooner. Interesting. Yeah. You know, one thing that I do think about is I would quite possibly maybe choose to do something behind the scenes on the music, music industry side. So whether mm-hmm. that is like songwriting type of stuff that I have been doing, but I've been songwriting for my own purposes oh, like yeah. I'm like so i can release the music as the artist you know not like writing songs and giving them to another artist to release um whether it be something like that like like being a writer but not a performer or you know being a sound engineer you know and like mm-hmm. running the soundboard for bands on tour or something of that you know to that effect or you know i could see it being a, a player in like the label space as well um something on the business side for, for that, um, similarly too. So I don't know, I think there's a lot of interests, but, um, definitely what I've learned over the last like five or 10 years is that I have an inclination to work hard. Like that's 
like I mentioned, like for better or worse, almost workaholic tendencies, you know, and a lot of times that is for worse, but it does have its benefits, I suppose. And, um, but I also on the flip side of that do like, don't want to be the face of something, you know, like I've thought about if I do have more music projects that I'm involved with playing in here in Nashville, that I would probably want to be a member of a band where I am not the front man and partner up with someone who wants to, who's in, you know, and, uh, someone who wants to put their face on social media and who wants to be the the face of things and who wants to have that energy and interact with people. And I can just be a contributing member who it is wild how similar you and Cody are like, like <laughs> you're like Cody, but yeah. with talent. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm cool with that. I actually get annoyed when people think I'm talented uh, because it, I just, does it does it do you feel like it diminishes all your hard work that you did to to learn everything you did? No, it's not that it's that people use it as an excuse not to do things themselves. They say, mm-hmm. "Well, Cody did it, but Cody's different." Great. Mm-hmm. Cody's mm-hmm. he's built different. I'm like, I do Japanese 3 hours a day and I still suck at it, right? Uh so mm. there's in digital marketing was no different. It was especially early on, it was all day, all day at mud, go home, 7 to 11 do it again and that was years and it has been for years and it's it's the same thing as what you said about songwriting though right if if there's anything else anything at all that you'd rather be doing go do it right um if you that that goes with anything i'm very stoic right i I think you're gonna die and you have to you have to live with these consequences of your decisions so Mm. you better be choosing the right things for you or else you're gonna get to the end and be like well oops so <laughs> I, I want those to be my last words. <laughs> well, oops. Just put it on a tombstone while you're at it. <laughs> this one went even longer. I feel like we keep getting even, even like it's new records for length every time. But That's can I do said. one? <laughs> I you can do you can do one more, but I got five minutes. You got, like what do you mean? Okay. You only have I got, I got, I, yeah, I gotta jump off in five minutes. Oh, okay. This mm-hmm. is a quick one. Um okay. Five to ten years, what are some big things you want to do between now and then? I should have an answer to this, shouldn't I? <laughs> You're like, this is is this an interview? Like are you um, yeah, applying yeah. to something? <laughs> um man, for several years now I've kind of just been going where life takes me. And you know, you have some influence in the process along the way. But um I want my my balance in life to continue getting better. You know, um, I've been, you know, partially because of the hustle of, uh, you know, wanting to be a performing artist, like my life never really consisted of downtime. It was like, oh, I have two hours free right now. What can or should I do? And it's just like, oh, do some marketing of my music stuff or, you know, try to, uh, everything was always just like, what can I use? What can I, how can I fill the time productively rather than how can I enjoy life? You know? And and so whatever I'm doing, I want, I definitely want that balance to be front and center. Um, I think over the long term, it could be of interest to, uh, you know, hopefully do higher, higher and higher leverage work, uh, and to possibly have work become a lesser part of life. Like work used to be my entire life. Now it just feels like it's a majority of life and it'd be cool if it continued to scale down a little bit. Um, but you know, uh, it, 
I really like where I'm at right now. So, you know, if things just continued on this path for a while, I'd be, I'd be pretty happy with that. So that was really one question that I totally missed early on. You answered, so we don't have to go into it, but I was going to say like, how do you, you know, a lot of the reasons why people want to get into owning their agency or owning their own business is because they want control over their time. They want to, you know, mm-hmm. be able to, to take those vacations and, you know, have something working for them. But yeah. then like they never realized that like, Hey, you know, yeah, you get to pick your own schedule when you own your own agency, but it's not like what you think it is. It's you get to pick the 16 hours of the day that you work. And, you know, like you said, like when, yeah. you, have, when you have downtime, there is no downtime when you're starting an agency, like you're either working to grow it or it's not growing. Right. And sure. Um, and that'll, it'll be like that for a decade. So, I mean, Cody and I are about to hit the five year mark and, nice. um, we just got over to like half a million now, but like works like just starting, uh, in, in terms of instead of being in the day to day, now we're going to be spending 12 hours a day on R and D and growth and, you know, conferences and things like that. That's uh, cool. Until Cody gets 2.5 in Vanguard and then he's out. I'm out. I'm going <laughs> to change my name. Look at a Japanese name. I'll just stay here. Anyway. <laughs> awesome. Alec, thank so, you. Hey, congrats. Congrats on uh, the five-year mark that's coming up for you guys. That's that's pretty darn cool. Thanks. We're like a married what's, couple. What's that uh, stat on what percentage of companies survive past the first year or the first three years or five years or whatever? I think 95% fail after five or before five years. Is that right, Cody? Do you remember? I don't know. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah the, the odds don't matter. What matters is you guys are succeeding and growing, and it's pretty darn cool. Cody, Cody or Lauren will make jokes. She'll be like, I'll be like, I have my own, my owner's call with Cody. And she'll be like, what does he have that I don't? And I'm like, uh, we've been together longer. So. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. <laughs> All right, man. Well, uh, Alec, thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us. This has been fun. I hope our uh, listeners found some value in it, but I definitely did. Yeah. This is probably my, I won't tell our other guests this, but this is probably my favorite episode so far. Do your other guests listen? You shouldn't say that. I don't know. <laughs> probably not honestly <laughs> edit that out they want to outdo you they can come back on <laughs> awesome uh well yeah thank you guys so much this has uh, been a lot of fun and it's really good to reconnect with you guys it's been it's been overdue for sure yeah mm-hmm. for sure i'm sure we're overdue for an in-person meetup too yeah we'll come definitely. to nashville do it <laughs> All right, uh, Alec. Uh, thanks for uh, thanks for jumping on. Um, we'll uh, we'll talk to you again. All right. Yeah. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Yep. Thanks.